Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. Absolutely thrilled to be here. You know, everything that I was expecting coming into the city and coming into the football club has been matched and more. Action and reaction. I think you probably saw on the pitch that there was a lot that we'd worked on in a short space of time. I think it's really good positive signs for the future. Certainly really excited to be playing under him and excited for what we can achieve this season now. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's been immensely frustrating to still be in League One after six years. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. Pompey's playoff hopes are all but extinguished despite a good start at Oxford in midweek. Marlon Pack reports just outside the penalty area. Whistle goes. Pack over the wall and into the back of the net. A brilliant strike from Marlon Pack. He can't hit them any better than that. Marlon Pack's fantastic free kick put the Blues on course for their first victory in four games. However, Pompey were once again the masters of their own downfall. It's delivered towards the penalty spot, completely free header and into the back of the net. And what a cheap goal for Portsmouth to give away. It's Sam Long, there was nobody anywhere near him. The inquest has started in the Portsmouth defence. How was he that free? Oxford one, Portsmouth one. A kamikaze at the Kassam from John Bacino's side on Tuesday night. We'll hear the Gaffer's post-match thoughts on the show before seven. In the context of the season, it's it's really frustrating because we probably needed to win that game to, to keep those playoff hopes alive. But uh, if you take away the context, if you take away the sort of the playoff push, it's a decent point away from home against a difficult side. Myself and two more studio guests are tasked this evening with dissecting that game as well as previewing for next. We'll have a double dosage of Bacino tonight. Later on, we'll hear his pre-match thoughts ahead of tomorrow's visit of Atkinson Stanley to PO4 and whether or not the preparation has been adjusted on the basis the two sides only faced off a few weeks ago. I don't think it makes a huge amount of difference. We're still going to do the same preparation from our end and if you look at Atkinson for the last three games they've changed their shape from when we played them. And as ever, there's plenty of room for you back home to get in touch and have your say. What did you make of the Blues' performance in midweek? What is the aim for next season? Playoffs or flat-out automatic promotion? And do you think Marlon Pat could be Poppy's captain? next campaign 81400 is the number to text start your messages with the word express email sport at expressfn.com visit facebook.com forward slash pompey live or find us on twitter at expressfm is what to include within your tweets it's friday it's six o'clock a very good evening and welcome to the football hour this is the football hour 93.7 Express FM. Well, a very good evening once again and welcome to the start of your Friday night. What better way to kick off a weekend than another edition of the Football Hour here on Express FM. Thank you for joining us and a big thank you once again to Stagecoach Across the South for supporting this season's running of the show. And as always, Blues fans, there's plenty on the agenda to come between now and seven for you lovely lot tonight. We'll have a full dissection of Tuesday's one-all draw between Pompey and Oxford at the Cassam Stadium. We'll come on to talk about the next game at Fratton Park, Accrington Stanley, the visitors in the third to last game of the season. We'll hear the post-match and pre-match thoughts of the Blues head coach as well between now and and seven o'clock. However, before we get to any of that, let's take you back to Tuesday night when Pompey embarked on a short trip up to the A up the A34 to take on an Oxford United side under new management and without a win 
since the 21st of January, as well as the drop zone uh, to League Two creeping up right behind them. John Messino made four changes to his Pompey side from the side that drew one away at Shrewsbury just three days prior. Clark Robertson, Rico Hackett, Owen Dale and Joe Piggott dropping out of the team with Deshaun Bernard, Tom Lowry, Paddy Lane and Michael Jacobs coming into the fold. Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham were your commentary team at the Kassam. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and scores! 90 minutes of passionately pumpy commentary. He scored! This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pumpy Live. Express FM, wherever you're tuned in this evening. We'll keep our fingers crossed. It's a positive one for Portsmouth. Launches into the area. Lane trying to get his head to the ball. Loose in the penalty area. Ox to get the next touch. Still not away. Still a chance in the area. Tunnicliffe effort saved. And Oxford have on the left wing with Joseph running up rapidly, trying to break into the penalty area. He's in the box. Short to Odonka. Play to Odonka. And it's hit the side netting. Corner kick. Nil-nil. McGuane driving forward into the box. Chance for Odonka. Odonka. Oh, he's put it miles wide. Oxford should be ahead. And the young striker has fluffed his lines. Nil-nil. Ogilvy outside the corner of the penalty area. Doesn't want to do too much. And then Porter overthink it. And... Get a cheap free kick for a foul by McGuane on Ogilvy. Free kick outside the penalty area. Marlon Pack report just outside the penalty area. Whistle goes. Pack over the wall and into the back of the net. A brilliant strike from Marlon Pack. He can't hit them any better than that. Oxford United nil, Portsmouth 1. Running at the centre right for the in-screen corner. It's delivered towards the penalty spot. Completely free header and into the back of the net. And what a cheap goal for Portsmouth to give away, it's Sam Long, there was nobody anywhere near him, the inquest has started in the Portsmouth defence, how was he that free, Oxford won, Portsmouth won, and Pompey and Oxford will head into the break, all square, running against Bernard to the far post, it's nodded down, loose in a six-yard box, and Oxford stab it away from virtually the goal line, ball is kept moving to Long on this right side, 30 yards out, cross to come into Pompey's penalty area, and O'Donk has missed another glorious chance, 1-1. Ogilvy to deliver into the box towards the far post, Pompey trying to get a touch there, it's for Dale, it's loose in the penalty area, and Oxford are going to scramble it away, Dale's effort was blocked. There's the chance for Pompey, haven't been many of them, but that was one. Oxford now with McQueen outside the area, there's a real chance for Bowden over the bar, it's another great chance wasted, it's a goal kick at 1-1. Bishop has it deep, just wasn't too many options. It's a slightly risky back pass. Oh, a terrible clearance from Macy. And a chance for Bowden for Oxford. Into the area. Bowden blocked behind corner. Full time at the Kassam Stadium. Oxford United 1, Portsmouth 1. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. There we are then, the highlights, if you can call them highlights, from Tuesday's one-all draw between Pompey and Oxford at the Kassam Stadium. Right, let's take a look at the other results from across the division and what they mean to the League One table. Elsewhere, Atkinson Stanley 1, Peterborough United 2. Not a good result for Pompey. Bristol Rovers 1, Sheffield Wednesday 2, Burton Albion 1, Bolton Wanderers 1, Cambridge United 1, Wickham Wanderers 2. Again, not a good result for Pompey. Also not a good result for Pompey, Exeter City 1, Derby County 2. Elsewhere, Forest Green Rovers already relegated, drew 0-0 at home to Fleetwood Town. Ipswich 2-1 winners over Port Vale. Lincoln and Barnsley shared a 0-0 draw at Sinsel Bank. Uh, Charlton Athletic were, ran out 1-0 victors away at MK Dons. And Plymouth Argyle, a turnaround for them at New Meadow. That is how a good team wins games. 
uh, one nil down at half time, two one victors in the very dying embers of the game uh, to beat Shrewsbury Town in that one. We mentioned results not going quite the way of Pompey in midweek. I'll tell you one big one, but didn't go Pompey's way. Oxford won, Pompey. One. And looking at the league table, Plymouth Argyle top of the tree with 89 points after 42 games. Ipswich Town in second with 88 points after 42 games. Sheffield Wednesday, 87 points. They're down in third. They've played one game more. Barnsley in fourth, 82 points with a game in hand on Sheffield Wednesday, uh, but having played the same amount of games as Plymouth and Ipswich. So it is hotting up at the top of the table, somewhere Pompey can only dream of being at the, at the moment. Peterborough United and Bolton Wanderers make up the rest of the playoff places with 73 and 72 points respectively. Derby County in 7th with 72 points as well, just outside in goal difference. Wickham in 8th with 68 and Pompey in ninth position with 65 points on the board, unbeaten in 8 matches. Wow. What a run for Pompey. However, 6 of them have been draws. Uh, yeah, we don't need to add the small print. Just we, yeah, use the headline. Yeah, we're, 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 me, we're, we're media. Yeah, we'll, we'll clickbait that. Pompey are unbeaten in eight. Come we on. Head, we head into the running of the season. Uh, but yeah, six from draws, including the last four. Um, three of which against sides at the bottom. End of, well, actually, no, all four of the last four draws have been against sides either in the relegation zone or, or, or just outside of it. Um, so yeah, Pompey, as things stand... They are seven points adrift of the playoffs with only nine points remaining. They've still got to play Derby and Wickham. <laughs> We're already good. laughing at you, Jake. Yeah. Sorry. I've not, I've not even introduced you yet. <laughs> mm. I don't oh, think no. we really need to now, do we? Um, as, you've, as you've heard, Pompey fans, it's Tom Chappell for 4 0 written all over it. Tom, good evening. Doesn't sound like a very apt name at the moment, does it? 4 0 written all over it. Yeah. No. So, do you know what? On Monday's show, right at the very end, I was promoting. Uh, Pompey Live on Tuesday and, and urging fans to listen to that <laughs> if they wanted to um, and, and of course pushing fans to, to listen to tonight's show as well which of course we knew at that time was going to be Tom Chappell from Fawn oh. running all over it and Reese Hawkins as well who will come on to say hello to in just a second we didn't quite get the 4-0 on Tuesday not Tom, quite we were no. hoping for and I, and I thought your inclusion in tonight's show would have been a, a bit of a good omen but it wasn't it wasn't sadly no I was bitterly disappointed mm. after Tuesday and um, yeah other than the exceptional free kick there's not an awful lot to write home about is there there's not and we've somehow got to go over the next 47 minutes to talk I'm, about sure we'll I'm sure we'll, we'll manage, manage it I'm sure we'll manage it and we've got the help of uh, <laughs> Reese Hawkins as well making his football debut I believe yeah, yeah thank you very much for having me Jake we'll get a ding <laughs> it's the only thing we can shout about at the moment why not yeah. Something you're positive. not wrong, are you? No, Although no, no. I was really, really pleased to hear about uh, how many games were unbeaten, but then realistically, yeah. I then had to think how many of them we've won. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a Pom- if, you, if you're a Pompey fan, that's you know you, you you were here for the start of a season, you've gone away for work for a few months, you've gone on a sabbatical somewhere, and you've come back and you're listening to tonight's show, thinking, right, how are Pompey getting on? Yeah, well, we're unbeaten in eight. We're, we're in ninth position with three games to go, but yeah, six draws and, f- and four of those consecutively as well Reese very disappointing not only on Tuesday night but against Shrewsbury MK Dons Morecambe as well need I say any more these are what two four six eight points dropped in in a season where every single point Pompey get is absolutely crucial they've blown it yeah and I think it's a case of you can quite easily copy and paste to the next game and then the next game mm-hmm. and the next game and obviously the expe- expectation was there for Pompey to go out all out with three points behind the sixth position and we had these games that we kind of reflected over every Pompey fan was quite optimistic and realistically we just wasn't good enough for the playoffs and if we're going into it like that mm-hmm. then obviously you know on reflection we're not good enough 
been a very strange season. Tom, we mentioned the unbeaten run Pompey room uh, at the moment for the start of the campaign. Uh, of course, it, it began in July, but August and September, top of the table. We mm. beat uh, Peterborough at Fratton Park in a 2-1 victory there, unbeaten at that stage. It all went wrong um, in a run which saw us win only one game in 15. Danny Cowley got sacked. We had every man and his dog out injured. And now we find ourselves playing catch-up right at the end. Um, of course, we all know where it went wrong. Yeah. It was between October and January. Mm-hmm. Um, the ownership, they, they made the decision to, to change the man and the dog out. Um, and, and quite frankly, it's not something at this stage we can pin any blame towards John Messina on too much. He's come in, he's inherited Danny Cowley's side, he's made do with what he's got, he's got a lot of learning to do and a big summer ahead, but in the context of the season, missing the playoffs, it's not on John Messina. John Messino is a victim of circumstance, unfortunately, and my assessment of six seasons in League One and frustrating his land- landing at John Messino's door, and albeit some of his comments post-match in the last couple of weeks have raised our eyebrows amongst Pompey fans, they've just raised eyebrows, I know we're on the radio, but you can't see Jake's eyebrows are raised <laughs> over there. Um, then come back to say, we'll probably hear it later on the show, that he still stands by what he said, even after the backlash of some fans, I think it's a little bit dangerous. I think it's crucial we don't lose sight of the circumstance surrounding his appointment. I know we were saying, I was saying we're on a beeline for relegation away at Bolton Wanderers when we slipped to 15th in the division. So now to see how disappointed we are by how close we've come to the playoffs pretty much bang on three months later, it's not bad going. Not bad going at all. Uh, Todd mentions the post-match comments of John Messino. Let's hear from them now. He spoke to Max Swatton shortly after the full-time whistle in midweek. Well, John, I suppose in the context of the season, that's a frustrating result. What's your verdict? Yeah, I think exactly that. In the context of the season, it's it's really frustrating because we, we probably needed to win that game to, to keep those playoff hopes alive. But uh, if you take away the, the context, if you take away the, the sort of the playoff push, um, which I know we can't, um, by the way, I'm, I'm not pretending that we, we, we can do that, but um, it's a decent point away from home against a, a difficult side um, whose form... Over the past few weeks, uh, although they haven't picked up many wins, they've not lost many games and they've, they've hosted some, some top sides here, uh, not lost the games and, and they've also sort of gone away from home, Peterborough for example, and, and kept clean sheets. So, uh, yeah, I think obviously the feeling of, of disappointment is one that so reverberates, I think, with the, with the away fans and in the changing room and we get that completely. But, uh, uh, you know, I think um, performance-wise, in particular the first half, I thought we were excellent. You must be particularly frustrated with that second half where we probably weren't able to, to carve out a real clear-cut opportunity. Yeah, and, and we did that, I thought, pretty well in the first half, that we, we dominated possession and we, we played some really good football, particularly down the right-hand side. I thought um, Paddy and Michael were picking up really excellent positions in behind Colby. Um, and we were well, you know, um, a good value for the lead. Yeah, unfortunately, in the second half, we, we couldn't quite replicate that, but it's, it's difficult. It's, it's difficult coming away from home against a side who were really well organised, really good defensive structure behind the ball, made it very difficult for us. And, and of course, we've got to come up with better solutions to try and win the game. But um, yeah, sometimes, uh, sometimes those things don't happen and tonight was probably one of those. It was always going to be a tough one coming to a place where you know Oxford are fighting for points at the bottom of the league. How do you think we dealt with them overall? I think we dealt with them really well. It was, it was one of those where, um, obviously, a side that are fifth bottom and, and fighting for their lives um, you know, have, have come and really, really, I think, uh, picked themselves up over the past couple of weeks, uh, particularly in terms of the way that they do, they do defend and, and they do press. They're very, very solid and very, very organised, particularly behind the ball. And they made it difficult for us tonight. There's no doubt about that. They didn't perform. I'm sure everybody um, would recognise that. They didn't perform like a side who were, who were fifth bottom. Um, I thought they, they had a lot of confidence. I thought they were a, th- a threat going forward. And I thought we did very well to contain them. Some of their attacking players are, are some of the best in the league um, on their day, without a doubt. And we did really well to contain them. So... 
I think there's there's a couple of things there. Of course, um, we know that we need to be better. We 100% know that we need to be better, and we have to come here and um, or, or go away from home and, and really try and dominate games a bit more for 90 minutes and not just probably what we did, which was 30, 35. Um, yeah, and, and definitely just a, a learning curve and, and plenty of room for improvement. You said yesterday about turning those draws into wins, especially at this stage of the season. So why do you think we weren't able to do that tonight? Was it down to that sort of creativity in the attacking third again? Uh, I think so, yeah. Um, there's quite a lot of factors. We'll have to sort of dust ourselves off and see what the um, the overall analysis of the game was. But yeah, we, we didn't create a huge amount, I think, in the final third, especially in the second half. So we played some really good stuff. We picked up some really good positions. But yeah, ultimately, in the in the final third, we, we just um, didn't quite have enough to, to carve Oxford open. You made four changes ahead of the game. What was the thinking there? Yeah, so um, sort of one of the changes we made a couple of weeks ago, bringing Deshaun in for Clark, um, just a different type of centre half uh, to deal with a different type of threat. Um, Clark's performance at the, at the weekend was was really good, so it was nothing to do with performance. And then uh, Tom came back from injury. Nice to have Tom back in the side, and, and then just to freshen up the, the two wide men in terms of Paddy and Michael, uh, just to you know, give ourselves a bit of a boost after a tough away trip at the, at the weekend, and, and really go from there. And just finally, unfortunately, it does look to be the end of playoff hopes so how are you going to approach the rest of the season now? Uh, exactly as we've been approaching it for the past few weeks nothing's going to change um, you know whether the the playoffs are um, mathematically done or not it, it doesn't really matter to us we're going to make sure that we, we still try and win games we're still trying to attack games and we're nice and positive so we take that into the, uh, the start of next season The post-match thoughts of Blues head coach John Mussina who we'll hear again from uh, later in tonight's show as we start to preview uh, the Blues next game against Accrington Stanley this weekend um, Reese, we were talking about the, the post-match comments of John Mussina um, right at the very start highlighting not a bad point and didn't play too badly your thoughts on that <laughs> I mean I'm probably going to echo a lot of other Pompey fans in this situation where it's kind of not what we want to be hearing in terms of the um, the position that we want to aspire to in terms of getting inside them playoffs and unfortunately Oxford being at the bottom end of the table just like Morecambe and just like obviously um, the other teams that we've struggled to get past recently I think it's a clear indication of um, what we kind of are hoping in the long run. It's just a one-off comment rather than obviously being a consistent comment throughout weeks moving forward because now that we've got three games left of the season, I'm really hoping a bit of heart and desire is going to be there to overcome his comments. Yeah, and uh, I think my the, the comment that got me, Tom, was this one right, right at the end. Uh, exactly as we've been approaching it for the past few weeks, nothing's going to change. You know, whether the, the playoffs are... Um, mathematically done or not it, it doesn't really matter to us we're going to make sure that we, we still try and win games we're still trying to attack games and we're nice and positive so we take that into the, uh, the start of next season I get what he's trying to say whether we're going for the playoffs it doesn't matter we're going to try and win games but considering what's happened in the last few weeks and, and the not the expectation but the, the sort of hope that Pompey fans have, have built up because of, of the improved results and the fact that we're heading into now a seventh season in League One to get a comment like it doesn't really matter. We're going to continue building up the way we have done when we haven't got those victories. It's, it, in my opinion, it's a bit concerning. I think ultimately he's a, he's a young and inexperienced manager, isn't he? So, you know, I'm, I'm prepared to give him a, and a good friend of ours, Ryan Stilwell, said it before that you're prepared to give him a couple of passes on maybe some yeah. comments that aren't exactly on the nail and don't hit the nail on the head every single time and managers who are experienced and not experienced quite often come out and say the wrong thing and the fans don't react particularly well it's just a case of and, and I suppose he's, he's in a situation where 
If you came into a job at any other club in any other situation and did the January to the end of the season, got close to the playoffs and looked to build for next season, I think anywhere else that would be absolutely fine. But it's as we've been discussing, we're heading into our seventh season in League One now and maybe we should be channelling the anger not towards Messina but perhaps elsewhere and let the perhaps questionable comments ultimately fall by the wayside for me, I think. Yeah, it's not quite good way to lose is it no it's not that level <laughs> not that quite, really yeah. oh, that not, was... not, well, not quite good way to lose it's not quite um, it's heading that way though that's football after surrendering a 3-0 lead away at South End yeah it's not that no, either to be fair that. So, no but we'll give we'll give John Mussina the pass on that one but, benefit uh, of the doubt definitely. yeah the expectation from Pompey fans is high next season seventh season in League One beckons for the Blues unless you never know seven points away from the playoffs Nine points available. We had this chat before we were on, didn't it's we? It's possible. Is it? We'll talk about that in the next part of the show. We've got an advert break to come up, and we will actually air our thoughts out uh, off air as well before we uh, talk a little bit more sense, hopefully, on air in part two. We'll also hear more from the minds of both Tom Chappell and Reese Hawkins, all to come here on Express FM. Do join us for part two of the Football Hour coming up next. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do, for those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5, bundles of five day riders for the price of four, and Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome along to part two of this evening's instalment of the Football Hour, which is brought to you as ever by our friends at Stagecoach Across the South. Visit stagecoachbus.com to find out more information on the services they can provide in your area. Linda Mell has got in touch on the email saying Tuesday's poor performance ended what we'd known for weeks. We will be in League One next season. When we were promoted six years ago as champions, Plymouth were runners-up whilst we seem to have stagnated these past six years. Plymouth may well get promoted as champions. I hope the people who are in charge of recruiting for next season have seen these last few performances and recruit wisely so we do not have the same discussions again this time next year. Hopefully we can get the business early before the start of next season to bed the team in play up Pompey Linda Mail on the emails. Thank you very much for getting in touch. Um I do want to have a quick word about um what's happened elsewhere away from Pompey and we will we'll link it back to the blues as as well. Scunthorpe United have been relegated to the National League North Tom. Mm. Um a decade ago they were in the championship. Pompey yep. played them um in League Two of course um before the promotion season um, and indeed in League One as well, we've we've been sort of on, on, on par with each other. Plymouth Argyle promoted, as Linda mentions there within that email, on the same season as Pompey in 2017. They're now top of the table. They're probably going to go up. Mm. They look pretty good. Definitely playoffs. Yeah, they, they've secured a playoff yeah. position. They look very very strong. It'll be either them, Ipswich, or Sheffield Wednesday would go up. Maybe Barnsley automatically. Um, regardless, they look very very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but since that promotion in 2017, Tom, Plymouth have got relegated back down to League Two, come back up to League One, had a stabilisation season, and are probably going up again. Yeah. That is very frustrating to see as a Pompey fan. You then mentioned Scunthorpe United, Yeovil Town as well mm-hmm. in the National League South. 
whilst I don't want Pompey to go that far down, it just highlights how far, how long we've been in this division and the changes that have happened to English football since. I think the one other one is the Luton story as well. Yes. You think about how yes. they were promoted out of League 2 after us mm-hmm. and have now confirmed a playoff spot, I believe, in the mm-hmm. Championship over the weekend. So, Like last season, that's back-to-back playoffs. Exactly. Right? And with no disrespect to Luton Town, we've been to Kenilworth Road following Pompey many times and it's not <laughs> exactly the new camp, is it? So... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's difficult. And what's that good old phrase and piece of advice that people give you? Don't compare yourselves to others. But I think that's difficult not to do in football. And I think it's just a sign of the times of where Pompey are. And they've stagnated so badly. And wholesale changes up and down the divisions. And you look at Brentford, you look at Luton, look at Plymouth. And Yeovil, as you've mentioned, and Scunthorpe United. Ultimately, Pompey are same old, same old. Boring and seven seasons is those chants spring to mind. <laughs> Um, looking at the League One table and the teams within this division, Reese, over the last seven seasons, as, as Tom's mentioned there, we've been in this division. And at the start of that um, sort of tenure of Pompey's um, run in this division, um, you, you look at the Blues as a, a big fish in a small pond, uh, a big, big team in League One. And, you know, alongside the likes of Blackburn and Wigan at the time, they went up. And recently, since then, we've had Sunderland, Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich. Derby County down now, um, Peterborough United, Charlton Athletic have been a mid-table League One side for for a few years now. Bolton Wanderers uh, were in the Premier League around about the same time mm. Pompey were. Looking at the teams in the Championship and those likely to come down next season: Wigan, Blackpool, Reading, QPR, Cardiff, Huddersfield. Are Pompey still a big fish in a small pond, or have they fallen behind the times and now actually, sort of from an, an infrastructure and obviously a footballing perspective, where they belong to be? I think if this was a discussion we had had maybe, say, four seasons ago, I think we could honestly say we are still a big club in this league. But as as you've rightly just said about the teams that could potentially be coming down, as well as the teams that won't even be making the playoffs this mm. year, such as the Charltons and all that, you have to consider that each season that goes by that we are still in League One, we are not having obviously more and more fans look at us as a big club anymore and unfortunately that's just the way it is and like you've alluded to you've got Cardiff you've got potential Reading coming down Blackpool to rejoin us again Um, some of their salaries going into next season will be unmatchable again and that's that's the truth of it we might have you know the first couple of seasons in League One might have been a bit optimistic and thought to ourselves you know the clubs around us and the name for ourselves about you know fans thinking they'll get out of this give it a season or two look where we are now so I honestly believe we aren't a big club anymore in this league and of course the last game for Pompey the last two games have been away from home Tom but we're going to preview a home fixture uh, in the next few moments in the next part of the show Um, a a big part of that as well Reese has alluded to there perhaps no longer a, a team or a, or a side that the opposition fear as a big club mm-hmm. in this division anymore considering the likes of um, the teams that have come down since but also it's about making Fratton Park a fortress and making PO4 a place that teams really don't want to come to and under Kenny Jackett even the first season under Danny Cowley to be fair Fratton Park was a very difficult place to come to mm-hmm. regardless of where we finished in the table no longer is that the case I think it happens less and less in pre-match of opposition managers interviews that you might listen to and I always make a, a, a point of listening to like listening to Steve Cottrell and, and last week obviously there's the mention of the great fan base etc etc but there haven't been many occasions that I can pinpoint remembering going oh yeah that manager said that Fratton Park's a tough place to go they might even say it 
But ultimately, they're thinking, if we sit beyond the ball, pick off Sean Raggett as a man to target and press at the right time, we'll probably get away with a point. How many times have teams done that this season? You know, and, and, and even worse, got away with three points. I don't think we've actually lost that many at Fram Park this season. If you actually look back at the numbers, there haven't been an awful lot of losses. A lot of them have been draws. 17 of them this season across the season, not just at Fram Park, have been draws. And that's definitely something to eradicate. And it's part of the game plan that teams impose on us. And it links to your point about Fram Park no longer being a fortress is because teams know not quite as big as we thought we were anymore. And I think the sooner we accept that, perhaps that might even contribute to, to a bit of an uprising and an uptick in form and results. But ultimately, Fratton has to be a fortress again for Pompey to go anywhere in terms of championship football and hoping for that anytime soon. Uh, looking at that home record of the season, eight wins, ten draws, three defeats mm. at PO4 this season. Three losses at home in a season. It's not, not bad, horrific, no. to be fair. Eight wins, seven draws, seven defeats away from home. So 34 accumulated on the home turf. 31 points have been picked up away from home for Pompey. Bang average then. It mm. is. It is. It's, it's the epitome yeah. of a league of a mid-table league one side race. And uh, although we, we highlight the the home record, and perhaps it's not as bad as we may have feared when we, we sort of went into that comment. But ultimately, where Pompey's season has faltered is for draws um, the second to most draws of any team in this division was 17 it's, it's a lot and it's more 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 games than Pompey have won this season <laughs> far too many and I think obviously we've been discussing the, the fixtures of late and how many draws that we've had in a row but it, it, it hasn't just been you know the way that the season's petered out hasn't just been because of the way that we finished the season recently it's been because of obviously earlier in the season as well drawing too many and obviously when we had Cowley and ultimately he lost his job there was reasons behind obviously the draws and the losses within that phase um, yeah but the problem is as Pompey fans because we still discuss about us being a big club which brings back to the question you just asked a minute ago although other fans don't see us anymore we still have that expectation yeah. and so when you are drawing with clubs like Morecambe you know no disrespect but they are the other side of the league in terms of the table yeah. and um, yeah so the draws have absolutely killed us this season uh, Dave Byrne on the emails hi Jake and guests thank goodness this season is all but over I've witnessed some terrible seasons in my 57 years of attending Fratton Park this is honestly as disappointing as the worst of them performances after the first eight weeks have fallen way below expectation and the way that teams who are struggling to avoid relegation have shown greater quality and desire against us speaks volumes it is noticeable uh, how we can't cope with teams that press Sean Raggett is a prime example example of a stopper centre half who has been identified by opponents as one of our weak links and one who struggles with the ball at his feet when under pressure. Our first 30 minutes where MK is how I would like to see us play and how we should be on the basis of our team identity. I can't imagine what opposing coaches tell their players about us when preparing for a match. No one will fear us. Maybe Mm. mental strength is one of the issues. Regardless, I can't wait to get my season ticket for next season. As always next season, hashtag number 58. Does it to you, doesn't it, Pompey? It does exactly what was just mentioned there. The fans will still come in. Yeah, numbers. and that's part of our USP, is ultimately, you know, we'll still chant seven seasons, da, 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 <laughs> but everyone will still be there next season. Yeah. You know, and then it'll be eight seasons. Da, 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 da. <laughs> hopefully not. 74 hopefully. seasons. Da, da, da. <laughs> oh, don't. Don't. We'll be sat here on the football hour in 2063. <laughs> yeah. It's ended Please again. <laughs> no. I'm sure we'll be out of then. Out of League One by then. Whether it's in the Championship, I don't know. But it'll be hopefully be somewhere. Out, of, out of League One by 2063. I, I, do you know what? If we're not, then I don't know. 
a forfeit a bet or something. But if we're not at League One in 2063, then I, I give up. Um, <laughs> right, going back to um, Tuesday's game, we haven't really spoken too much about the in-depth of it. There's a good reason for that, Reese. It's not one <laughs> we want to relive particularly, um, even after two minutes and 42 seconds of the highlights of the start of the show. However, something I do want to touch upon, as I'm sure many Pompey fans will, was that fantastic free kick from Marlon Pack. 26 minutes gone. Bit of a disappointing, a very slow start to the game. Nonetheless, um, a great angle, great position for Pompey to put a free kick in. Marlon Pack, full of confidence. Second goal in as many games, third for the season, two of which have been free kicks and very good ones of that as well. Summarise your thoughts when that one went in because it was it was a superb strike, wasn't it? You're laughing actually. It makes me think, but you, you don't think it was a good goal, no? Well, no, we were just stood next to each yeah, other. That's why we laughing. Next to each other, right? Okay. And um, limbs. Yeah, someone else we was with was doing live commentary when uh, the recording was going on, saying, okay. "This is going to go in. Can yeah. this go in? Watch it live." On, and it was just yeah, it was reminiscing the Ipswich game. Yeah. You know when he scored that uh, wonderful free kick, and we now know obviously not just from the appearances he's made this season for Pompey but all the other clubs that he's uh, appeared for he's always had a free kick in him mm. and so um, you're always optimistic when you're that far out with Marlon Pack over the ball um, but unfortunately when it comes with optimism of late there was a slight bit of doubt in my mind that this is going into Rosehead and luckily <laughs> it would have been Rosehead because it was the side with a stand <laughs> and not hitting my car wow. <laughs> we could see his car so tell the story God, it's quality so because the game was um, I wouldn't use the word boring of course but I would use Reese, a different word the game was quite boring yeah I've got a more <laughs> let's just say it was boring then let's leave it at that um, and I could see my car from where we were standing so I thought I'd uh, let everybody know and have a look over to see if they could spot my car because it was dark so you could see if the alarm goes off or on so I thought let's have a look and it worked and I did it to, to about five people and that was during the game as well highlight so of the I game think it, yeah it definitely was the highlight of the game for me so you travel 103 miles up the A34 just to play a game of spot Reese's car yeah. <laughs> in the car park I think it summarises it pretty well for me I like the mic drop of the just utter diss of the Oxford United Stadium um, oh yeah it was good out of nowhere oh yeah <laughs> Unprompted, but if you could drop these mics, which are very just attached to the studio, um, they would be firmly on the floor. Thank you, Reese. <laughs> You're very Thank welcome. Thank you for bringing that. Um, <laughs> Brilliantly delivered as well, wasn't it? It was. The facials and everything. Yeah, it was brilliant. We should, we should set up like a GoPro in here, shouldn't we? We should, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on, on from some quite humorous content to something um, something equally as humorous, Tom, the equaliser. Mm. Um, Where is everyone? Yeah, free header in the box from a corner, converted by Sam Long. Um, yeah, just where, where's but was it man marking, zonal marking, whatever marking it was, it was rubbish. Wasn't marking, was it? No. We were all just kind of stood away from him, and you, you give him that much time. You, it's, it's actually a really good header. Let's be honest about it. And I actually think it's less than Oxford deserved from that game because you know if Odonka could have finished a couple of the other chances he had, then they could have been away with it three it or four. Really one. Could have been a and then four, yeah. you probably pigeonhole it into the kind of Wickham away, Charlton away performances and results of this season and go, that was a horrendous night to forget. The goal itself, yeah, you know, it's 
it's really avoidable, as a lot of them have been that we've conceded of late. Sends Matt Macy scrambling, it's a looping header, and ultimately ends up in the back of the net. And it just kind of summarised it from there, really. And we were lucky to get away with what we did in the end. Very lucky to get away with what Pompey did at the end there, just considering the amount of chances uh, Oxford had in that match, and uh, leaving Odonka in particular, uh, plenty of room on many occasions. It's lucky Oxford United couldn't finish their dinner, because Pompey would have been defeated in that game. Mm. Um, and, and in reality, in the last four matches, playing against teams of, of lesser quality, bar, bar maybe Shrewsbury, um, the teams at the wrong end of the table, it's very fortunate that they can't score a goal because it, it could have ended terribly if, if Pompey were up against the likes of Plymouth and Ipswich mm. in those matches, given the applications that they went out with. Um, Reese, have, have we seen the pictures and the videos from the corner and, and how the ball was positioned yep. or rather not positioned on that quadrant? I don't want to make excuses because Tuesday was terrible. It wasn't great. Pompey didn't even deserve a point. I'll say that. However, that should have been retaken because the ball wasn't just off the quadrant, it was a mile off. And this is it. Some people always argue about these sort of situations, about oh, what's the advantage they're getting and everything without it being on the line or within the line. And at the end of the day, it doesn't take, obviously, someone very, very smart to work out the advantage that the ball's closer to the box. <laughs> even by an inch. Yeah, literally even that, by an inch. That inch is an inch away from Sam Long's head. Yeah, and I think sometimes you can accept it, like in other games I've seen where the ball's just a little bit on the white line and I mean slightly on the white line like you need a goal line view to see <laughs> if it's off it but this one was absolutely ridiculous and when I looked back on it I thought how has this stood but it's like like Tom alluded to with the defending and you know it's, it felt like Covid days where you got two metres apart it felt like <laughs> social distancing at the Casa absolutely it wasn't even two metres it felt like five there was absolutely nobody on yeah. it nobody you know yes Reese, Tom, thank you both very much for coming on to get the final thoughts of both of you in just a few moments' time. We're also going to hear a bit more about this week's opposition at Crinton Stanley as we preview Pompey's third to last game of the season. We'll be looking to hope uh, to pick up a first win in five matches after a succession of four straight draws and six stalemates within the last eight matches for the Blues. You could say more draws than Ikea. Myself, Tom and Reese will be coming on to preview that game and we'll also hear more from John Messino and his pre-match thoughts. He was asked by Max Watton whether or not this weekend is a chance to see a few more fringe or youth players included within the squad. We first and foremost have to look at putting on a performance and, and trying to win the game, which obviously we haven't done over the past couple of weeks and that's the, the biggest priority. So we certainly have a look at that over tonight and, and with the team selection pending tomorrow. And, and yeah, if that's something that's a possibility for us then, We'll consider doing it. More from John Messino, as well as the final thoughts to come from myself, Tom, and Reese in just a few moments' time when the Football Hour returns. This is the Football Hour 93.7. Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7.
Express FM. A very good evening and welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, supportive this season by Stagecoach Across the South. And if you have just joined us, well, I'm afraid you've missed our moaning and groaning about Tuesday's pompy performance at the Kassam Stadium. However, I do invite you to listen back to the show if you have just tuned in. Uh, you'll be able to do, do so. You can listen back direct from our website, expressfm.com forward slash podcast, or through the Apple and Google podcast apps. And Spotify as well. This here is your last chance to get in touch with the conversation tonight. Just under 15 minutes to go before we do leave you for floor fillers at 7 o'clock. Get in touch. 81400 is the number to text. Start your messages with the word express. Email sport at expressfm.com. Tweet using at expressfm or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Get in touch with your score predictions. That's what we want to hear between now and 7 o'clock. A uh, question I asked at the start of the show, Tom, um, in regards to Marlon Pack. Mm. Um, we've highlighted the fantastic free kick, the only highlight from the game in midweek, um, which I thought was beautiful, by the way, just kissing off the bar. Mm. Very aesthetically pleasing. Extremely. Um, <laughs> I don't normally do like kissing on the football. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, it's a one-off. We'll let it slide for tonight. Um, but yeah, the question I posed at the start of the show was, is Marlon Pack captain material potentially for next season? As John Messino, I'm sure, will be looking to juggle a few things around. Yeah, he has been captain this season, hasn't he, at points, um, which is, you know, it's kind of sets a precedent, doesn't it? I think he's maybe kind of tinkered around already and trialled things out. He's a Pompey-born boy. He's He's been excellent. I know there's been critics of him. I actually think, bar the exceptional kissing of the crossbar from Marlon Pack on <laughs> Tuesday, he actually probably had one of his worst games, really. I mean, he's he's given the ball away a lot of times in the last four yeah. draws that we've had. So he's not, not been up to his... And, and maybe even kind of, I think, that maybe post Charlton sending off I don't think we've seen the same Marlon Pat that started the season and tore absolutely everything apart in midfield and we were thinking oh my word this man is absolutely gorgeous and he's going to take us up <laughs> to the championship there's something that myself and mates of mine were saying to each other I know Hayward was absolutely besotted by him at the start of the season and so was I we were all thinking right this is it he's going to be the man I think ultimately yes he's captain material I think he deserves it um, and I think he could really lead the group by example my one thing I would say to that though Jake is you look at some of the situations where he hasn't quite demonstrated those captain qualities I'm thinking that Plymouth one where we conceded yeah. right then I'm assuming yeah. you were about to say that the uh, yeah the, the letting the ball go over the top of his head and then proceeding hmm. to blame the goalkeeper yeah that one the young goalkeeper and then um, the yeah. the interaction then with Rico that followed yeah. and the kind of the dispute that was very obvious for everyone to see it just very messy but other than that I think he's been superb and his record's been excellent for us this season bouncing off of that Reese, of course Clark Robertson is the club captain for this season when he is playing are we being too critical on Clark is, is he still the, the, the right man to lead Pompey forward next season in, in regards to at least wearing the armband I it, it's a tricky one with Clark Robertson because Going off of performances himself, um, I haven't been too impressed with. And I know recently he had a lot of backlash for the Hampshire Cup game. Bournemouth. Um, yeah, exactly. And I, I have seen highlights of that and seen, obviously, um, let's just say there was one or two goals that he could have dealt with. It was with before. kids and he was yes, kind of being absolutely. run ragged, wasn't it? And he so. was coming back from an injury, yeah. of course. And I, I completely understand that. And I know that it takes a bit of time for players to get back to full fitness and into the mojo, as they say. Um, but in terms of actually being a captain for the club and representing us, I do believe Marlon Pack would be a better candidate for it because, as we've already alluded to, like Tom said, he, he's from Portsmouth. He loves the club. Um, he's had plenty of experience in the championship as well. Mm. Um, but it's the inconsistent 
of obviously his performances and it has been something that's happened since obviously the Charlton games like he got sent off in both games didn't he home mm. and away yeah um, and like Tuesday night doesn't with, like Charlton yeah exactly injuries as well he yeah, yeah he's with... had injuries but I, I don't think um, I, I think it was definitely fair for Tom to, to mention about him having one of his worst games on Tuesday personally he was trying to lob balls left right and centre trying to get him over to the fence round to the other side and actually half the time the balls were always cut out and then we were having to defend straight away and I think you know we need somebody that's going to be able to take the reins and kind of take uh, accountability and responsibility for the team in general not just as an individual performance very quickly Tom off the back of that someone who needs to demonstrate those kind of qualities do Pompey have anyone within their ranks currently that could potentially step up to do that or are we looking elsewhere other than Marlon Pack other than the two we've mentioned mm. I think Joe Morrell was a shout for a captaincy <laughs> two red cards this Discipline. I still, I still think he has captain-like qualities, yeah. though. Marlon Pack's had two red cards this season. Yeah, right, no, yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm, just a na- just yeah. a name to throw out there. I'll be captain. I'll do it. Jake's going to be captain next season. I am the there captain now. Um, Mockers on Twitter says we've held in mighty MK Dons, Morecambe, Shrewsbury, and Oxford to draws in the last four matches. We <laughs> needed at least eight to ten points from those games. Four points out of a possible twelve is unacceptable. The football has been boring and negative. Thank you to Mockers for getting in touch on Twitter. There, right? Perfect timing to preview what we hope to be a very good game at Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon. Accrington Stanley, the visitors to PO4, and Colin Mosley has a more of a closer inspection into John Coleman's relegation friend side. Pompey are now into their fourth consecutive league stalemate as the battle for the playoffs sails further into the distance. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Tuesday evening's draw at Oxford United keeps the Blues five points adrift of the top six and with only three matches until the end of the season, these games are crucial if they want to reach a playoff position. Pompey need to get back to winning ways as we take on Accrington Stanley on home turf this Saturday. Manager. Accrington are currently managed by John Coleman. The ex-forward was one of the most prolific non-league goal scorers in history, with over 500 goals to his name in a career spanning almost two decades. Coleman joined Accrington back in 1999 in the Northern Premier League First Division. Over his first 12 and a half year stint, he saw the club win three promotions as champions, resulting in entry into the Football League in 2006. At the time of his departure in 2012, John Coleman was the third longest serving manager in England, behind Sir Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger. After short managerial roles at Rochdale, Southport and Sligo Rovers, he made the return to Stanley in September 2014 for his second spell with the club. One to watch. I want to watch this week is 34-year-old Sean McConville. The midfielder joined Accrington back in 2009 for two years when the side was in League Two. He then signed for Stockport County, Barrow, Staleybridge Celtic and Chester before returning to Stanley in 2015, where he's made 293 appearances with 51 goals. McConville, who wears the number 11 shirt, has five goals and four assists this campaign. Top scorer. Midfielder Tommy Lee, who wears the number 18 shirt, is the top goal scorer this term. Lee is a local Pompey lad and came through the youth ranks at Portsmouth before being released at the age of 16. He moved on to semi-professional side Baffins Milton Rovers, where his father, Steve Lee, was manager and his brother, Ashton Lee, also played for the side. He later joined Bognor Regis Town in 2019 before joining Accrington in 2021, making his debut against Cambridge United. 
Lee has 12 goals this campaign, seven in the league and four in the Papa John's Trophy and one in the FA Cup. Current form. John Coleman's side have only secured one win in the last 10 matches with one draw and eight defeats. In these last 10 matches, six red cards have been shown with four given to Aki players. Accrington have spent the last four seasons finishing in the middle of the table, following automatic promotion success from League Two at the end of the 2017-18 season. However, with their recent form and a defeat to Peterborough on Tuesday night, they currently sit in 23rd with 38 points, leaving them three points from safety. John Coleman's side have the same amount of points as Morecambe in 22nd, with only goal difference separating the sides. Can the Blues get back to winning ways and revive their playoff hopes? Or will their chances be confirmed to be mathematically over? It's all to play for for the Blues. All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Yeah, love it, Connor. All to play for. Seven points adrift of the playoffs, nine points available. It's only the matter of Derby and Wickham to come between now and the end of the season as well. All to play for. Still plenty of time for Pompey to get into the playoff positions. However, tomorrow also represents an opportunity for Accrington to mathematically ends those chances so a big day at Fratton Park nonetheless if you've still got the hopes of Pompey getting into the top six then I wish you could share them with me because I quite frankly do not however never say never right with playoffs now almost a foregone conclusion as we just mentioned um, Max Squatton caught up with John Messino for his pre-match thoughts now and asked how his team have been preparing for tomorrow's game yeah just as normal really um, <clears throat> I want to go and, and try and win the game second to last home game of the season uh, so yeah, you know, all focus on that, uh, and of course, yeah, a big sort of chunk of disappointment from from Tuesday night and the preceding three games, and not in terms of not getting any wins. So, I think we need to try and sit, uh, end the season on high. Is it a chance to perhaps look at some other players in your squad? Uh, possibly, but uh, you know, I think we we first and foremost have to look at um, putting on a performance and, and trying to win the game, which obviously we haven't done over the past couple of weeks, and that's the the biggest priority. So we will uh, certainly have a look at that over tonight and, and with the team selection pending tomorrow. And, and yeah, if that's something that's a possibility for us, then we'll consider doing it. How much have you and your staff thought about beyond the end of the season, or has all the focus been on our next three games? Yeah, the focus so far has just been on this year, really. And uh, there's been some um, forward planning in terms of pre-season and, and everything behind the scenes with recruitment that we're doing at the football club. We, we're still um, you know, focused on that and, and ploughing ahead with all those sort of things. But at the moment, we are taking it game by game and making sure that we check everything off this season. I think... Um, probably the first time the other night where we've come away from it thinking that the, the playoffs will be on us. So, uh, yeah, now you know maybe the, the focus shifts and we can start looking forward to what's going to happen next year. You obviously played Accrington recently. Can this be seen as an advantage or disadvantage or does it not really make any difference to your preparation? I don't think it makes a huge amount of difference. We're still going to do the same preparation from our end. Um, and if you look at Accrington for the last three games, they've they've changed their shape from when we played them. The game will be incredibly different, I think. Hopefully a sunny afternoon in April versus... Um, essentially you know uh, a snowstorm of a, a winter's night back then just under completely different circumstances for both clubs so um, there might be a couple of bits from individuals that we can take away and, and look at and, and focus on but apart from that it will largely just be another game that we're preparing for as usual. What are you going to be looking for from your players? I'm just going to be looking for a good performance really um, we, we obviously want to win the game but we're going to look, be looking for a positive performance uh, at home we, we haven't really managed to, to string together uh, Though the sort of flowing performances uh, from those home games, the Cheltenham game, the, Port, uh, the, the Bolton game, for example, uh, recently we just haven't managed to do that for whatever reason. So I think a bit of chance creation, um, some exciting football uh, would, be, would be nice and that's what we'll be focusing on, just to first and foremost put on a performance and then hopefully win the game. Just finally, what's the latest team news? 
Yeah, uh, nothing's changed since uh, Tuesday night. No other injuries. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're all set to be able to pick from the same squad we were the other night. There we go. No fresh injury concerns. Positive. From it is something positive. Uh, hey, something once. positive. Uh, from John Messino's pre-match thoughts. Speaking to Max Swatton there ahead of tomorrow's game against Accrington Stanley at Fratton Park. Um, Reese, you had a good stat off there earlier. Um, we haven't got long. We can come on to score predictions in a minute. You look confused. You've had a few good stats. What stat? Right? But the last time Pompey played Accrington at Fratton Park. Yeah, yeah, I knew that one. To be what fair, was, I remember what, it. What was the score? Four nil written all over it. It was four nil written yeah. all over it. And who have we got on the show tonight? Oh, we've got Tom from Four Nil Written All Over It. Well, Reese is from Four Nil Written All Over It as well. well. I yes. didn't want to plug that, but no, yeah, well, I just want to make sure the main George guy himself is, is playing here. for us. George Hurst. Yeah, yeah. Um, Quality player. We come, we, come, we come on to score predictions now. Um, mm. Tom, you always go for Four Nil Written All Over It. So I assume you're going to say the same. <laughs> I think it's going to be one all written all over it. Jake, all written all over it. He's yeah. changed it. He's changed it. Could He's be four. Changed his score for prediction. old times' sake. It could be four. He's changed yeah. his score prediction for four. <laughs> no. <laughs> Cheers, Tom. Uh, <laughs> Reese, your score prediction, please. Sir. I'm going to be a lot more positive, and I'm going to go two all. <laughs> Is that what we've come to? A positive two-two prediction. What are you saying, against Jake? Accrington yeah. Stanley. Yeah, right. Fair enough. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't build mine up to be positive. Though. I'm going to go oh. for a nil-nil written all over it. Oh, We've goodness. all gone for draws. One yeah. all, two-two, nil-nil. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Reese. I hope I've built up tomorrow's show to be as exciting as it will be. Pompey Live returns this Saturday from two. All the unmissable action. This is. Pompey Live. If Pompey are going to make the playoffs this season, it'll be really, really, really worth a listen. It's delivered towards the penalty spot. Completely free header and into the back of the net. And what a cheap goal for Portsmouth to give away. It's the penultimate home match of the season for the Blues next as they host Accrington Stanley. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday afternoon from 2. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. That's right. Please do join us if you're not heading to Fratton Park tomorrow. Two o'clock is when we are on air for full pre-match build-up as the Blues prepare to take on Atkinson Stanley in the penultimate home game of this season. The playoffs might be a foregone conclusion and just out of reach for the Blues. But hopefully they can end the season on a high and might actually get a win between now and May the 8th. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? Um, you can join myself, Pompey women's manager Jay Sadler and Kirsty Roxanne for all of the coverage tomorrow between 2 and 6. Robbie's away for the weekend, which is a massive shame. So I'll be stepping in in his shoes um, to present the show. I'm very much looking forward to that one. So do join us and be very, very friendly with us as well. Um, we hope to bring you an exciting game at PO4. Right, big thank you to Stagecoach Across the South for supporting another edition of the Football Hour. Big thank you to everyone who tuned in and got in touch via the text, tweets and emails. Big thank you to Tom Chappell from 4 Nil written all over it. Thanks for having us mate. Nightcrawler's up next. It is. A big plug for Connor Mosley. <laughs> Floorfitter's up next from 7. Nightcrawler's is the first one. Big tease there. Thank you big Tom. Tease. And Reese Hawkins, thank you very much. A fantastic debut from yourself. Sir. Yeah, thank you very much for having me Jake and I absolutely loved it being alongside Tom. Haven't we all? Haven't we all? If you missed any part of the show, you can download it straight from the Apple, Google or Spotify podcast apps in around about 20 minutes' time. I hope you've enjoyed the show. A big thank you for tuning in. I'll see you at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Have a fantastic weekend and play out Pompey. Good night.